Welcome to worship at MCC Lehigh Valley. saying our church's purpose statement. MCCLV's purpose is to worship and serve God through acts of justice and compassion. And let's turn now to our neighbors, give a smile, a wave, and the peace sign. Say, peace be with you, neighbor. For those worshiping online, just type in the word peace or use the peace emoji. How good it is to be gathered together. difficult, but we have seen miracles on the path. The journey continues eternally, and deep truths are revealed along the way. All praises to God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. You may be seated as we continue to worship. Let it rise. 
Praise be to God, and praise be to God for this opportunity to join in prayer with one another, to join our prayer energy together. This is sacred space, and we've established praying ground here, and so let's just center or recenter ourselves. For those worshiping online, if you have a prayer request, you can type that prayer request directly into the comments. For those worshiping in person, I'm going to pause in just a moment. If you have a prayer need, a, a person, a situation, a circumstance on your heart that needs our, our communal prayer attention, uh, I'm going to ask that you lift up that need uh, in the pause. And so I'll pause now. Let's lift up our prayer needs. Thank you, Lord God, for hearing our prayers. We crave your truth, O oh God. We are bombarded with all sorts of messages, advertising messages. The truth has become so scrambled. Show us what really matters, Lord God. Help us to discern your truth in the midst of many competing ideas. Show us the way toward lives full of meaning and hope. You have given us so much, God, and we are so grateful. You give us love. You pour out on us your mercy and your grace, and we are renewed. If there's anyone worshiping today who's feeling low energy, we humbly ask, God, that you re-energize that person or those people. If there's anyone worshiping today who is experiencing financial lack, we humbly ask, Lord God, that you provide that person or provide those people with abundant resources. If there is anyone worshiping today who is struggling with a physical or a mental health diagnosis, we humbly ask, God, that you pour out your healing on that person or those people who are in need. You couldn't imagine the world without each one of us in it. You gave life and breath, and you've given gifts to each one of us. We are overwhelmed with your goodness, Lord God. We are grateful to accept this gift of worship. We ask that you bless this service that we might be transformed. And let's all say, Amen. Lord. 
Hear God's word for you. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, if this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The religious leaders replied, We are not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the religious authorities. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, what is truth? After Pilate had said this, he went out to the crowd again and told them, I find no case against him, but you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? And they shouted in reply, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a bandit. Here ends today's readings. Praise God that God's word 
is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Praise God indeed. Will you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you. We humbly ask, God, that you continue to pour out your spirit in this time and in this place. Amen. So today's scripture passage, Jesus stands before the politician and the government official named Pontius Pilate and says, for this I was born, for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate's response to Jesus is what? It's a question. What is truth? Now, the words of scripture were relevant thousands of years ago. They also speak to us today. Spiritual words, spiritual things are timeless. And today we focus on truth, a topic that has taken up countless hours of time for the philosophers, the theologians, the mystics, as well as each one of us. Now, most of the time we navigate through life operating in the realm of practical truth, right? right? We, we, we trust that that bag of beans in the grocery store is priced truthfully at $2.99, we pay for it at the kiosk or with the cashier. When we're on the road, we hopefully pay attention to the truth of traffic lights and other street directions. We practice practical truth when we, when we show up at work, when we show up for other people, when we recognize the reality of day in and day out responsibilities. So we take care of the business that's been placed before us. And we sometimes think, well, if we just stick to these practical truths, uh, if we just stick to what we see right in front of us, we're gonna be fine, we're gonna be safe. But there is a truth that goes beyond what is directly in front of us, and that is spiritual truth. And there's a lot that blocks spiritual truth. There are many people and organizations that want to mediate truth for us. And of course, the number one blockage to the truth is Satan, right? Or if, if we don't personify the, uh, the, devil, uh, the forces of evil, right? That's the number one blockage to truth, the forces of evil. There's a reason why Satan is called the master of deceit, and that's because Satan is very skilled at keeping truth away from us, out of our reach. Evil is smart enough to enter into our lives looking good, and sounding reasonable and feeling like an affirmation. Now these days, truth most often gets mediated and manipulated through politics, media, and technology. And so I'm gonna spend um, some time, the first part of this message, I'm gonna spend some time lamenting about the manipulation of truth, and then I'm going to end uh, today with embracing spiritual truth. So we're gonna start with a lament. And a lament that's biblical, right? I mean, there's a whole genre of psalms that's dedicated to lament. The church is to spend time lamenting. So again, first part of this message, I'm gonna spend some time lamenting about the manipulation of truth. And in the most horrifying and current example of the truth being manipulated, there have been a number of times recently when spokespeople for the country of Russia dismiss an attack or they dismiss an atrocity as what? As fake news. It's just, and it's just horrifying, right? Russia's unprovoked war on Ukraine has been accompanied by constant Russian denials of the truth as well as campaigns of what? Of propaganda and disinformation. That's the most horrifying example. Now, in the United States, both sides of the political aisle dis dismiss events as what? They use the term too, fake news, right? Both sides have cable news networks that only affirm their perspective with some conservative Republicans worshiping at the altar of Fox News and some liberal Democrats worshiping at the altar of MSNBC. Now, I try to stick to the Associated Press or ProPublica online because why? Because they're both nonprofit 
news organizations. Most media these days is what? It's corporate media, which means its purpose is to make money and solicit advertisers who want our eyeballs, right? So they can sell us products. Now, I understand that all news reporting comes with a perspective. Any news, remember, is mediated. What does it mean to be mediated? That there's someone between us and that piece of news, okay? News is rarely neutral. It's presented through the, the reporter. It's presented through the news organization. And they bring all of their biases and perspectives to the reporting and the presentation of any event. Now, the social media companies like Twitter, Facebook, and Google, they've tried to pass themselves off as neutral platforms. But they also do what? They also mediate the news. How do they do that? Well, through the use of algorithms. And so they pass along to us not necessarily the most truthful news, right? but maybe the most popular news or announcements from organizations that are willing to pay the most to have their, their announcement at the top of a news feed or the first in a search, okay? Um, I got active on Twitter during the pandemic. That's a whole nother story. I don't know why I did that, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get more into that story some other times. Uh, these platforms, these social media platforms are not neutral. So every piece of information gets so twisted around, it gets so mixed up, it gets so monetized that it becomes increasingly difficult to ascertain what is the truth. We're like Pilate, right? What is truth? And it's tempting to give in. It's tempting to just accept whatever item is provided to us with whatever spin. Now most of the time, we're too tired to dig deeper and the politicians, the media, the tech companies are aware that our energy is pretty low. And that means we're vulnerable to choosing whatever affirms our opinions and perspectives rather than the truth. So the power brokers are happy to declare their version of the truth, knowing that many people will accept it and are swayed by advertising. Now, advertising not only sells us a product, it also sells us a political candidate. Uh, just bear with me for a moment. Uh, I'm going to get to spiritual truth in just a moment. I'm still, uh, still here in the manipulation of truth. The outcome of the 2016 presidential election in the United States was largely determined by advertising on the Facebook platform. So stick with me for a moment. The Hillary Clinton campaign spent $28 million on Facebook in 2016 for 66,000 ads, okay? The Donald Trump campaign spent $44 million on 5.9 million advertisements on Facebook. Did you see the difference there? The Clinton campaign, 66,000 ads. The Trump campaign, 5.9 million ads on Facebook. Quite a difference there. The Trump campaign was able to tap into a Facebook process where they use artificial intelligence to target the people most likely to respond. And then they target the friends of the people who responded and on and on and on. And a number of commentators believe that the Facebook advertising is, is what tipped the election. Now, I always find this slightly hilarious in comparison to what the church attempts week after week here at Metropolitan Community Church of the Lehigh Valley. We don't have millions. We don't have thousands. We don't have hundreds of dollars to spend on Facebook ads that might bring people into the sanctuary. Instead, what does MCCLV do each week? We very politely ask people to like and share the Facebook broadcast. We don't want to be pushy, right? Oh, we don't want to be pushy. Now, larger churches uh, use Facebook ads to target people. The social media company is happy to oblige. They have hyper-targeted advertising that brings people into these churches. These larger churches are not at all shy about being pushy. They don't ask permission from people to be targeted. And as a result, what happens? Uh, larger churches get even larger due to effective marketing. So MCCLV proclaims the truth 
of God's inclusive love. But sometimes it's hard to get people interested in the truth without ads. But let's remember Jesus. Jesus never used advertising. He wasn't trying to sell anyone anything. What did he do? He simply shined forth the truth of God. And I think we need to go back and review the ministry of Jesus to learn more about impactfully sharing the good news. I'll get to that in just a moment. Let's take a brief look at the background of today's uh, scripture passage. Pontius Pilate, who was he? Well, he was the fifth Roman procurator of Judea, Samaria, and Idumea. Now, a, pro a procurator was like a governor, and Pontius Pilate, he governed this region from the year 26 to the year 36. Now, Jesus was crucified around the year 30, right? So about midway through the reign of Pontius Pilate. Jesus was crucified, executed under Pilate's order. Now, there's not a lot of detail about Pilate's background, though the historians Josephus and uh, Philo, they provide some information. The four Gospels also provide some information about Pilate. And it's likely that Pontius Pilate came from a prominent Roman family. It's likely that he went through diplomatic training as a young man. He probably held some minor political posts until he was appointed the governor of Judea. And the governor had an immense amount of power. The governor directly reported to the emperor, to the emperor of Rome. Now, as with most people with too much power, Pontius Pilate, what did he do? He was corrupted by power. He overreached. Jerusalem had been one of the few cities in the Roman Empire where people did not bow down to the emperor's statue that was in the city square. It would be like if we had a statue of the president and we were all required to bow down to that statue outside city hall. Yuck, right? Okay, now especially for the community of Jews in Jerusalem, any bowing down to, any worship of anyone other than God was deeply disturbing. Right? Very distressing for the community. Now, rather than trying to understand the religious community that he governed, what did Pontius Pilate do? He asserted Roman control. Banners with the likeness of Emperor Augustus were placed on walls that were facing down toward the Jerusalem temple. And the implication was clear to the religious community. The emperor was to be viewed as having higher status than God. Yuck again, right? Now, it's bad enough to reside in a world that doesn't care about religious or spiritual things. It's even worse to navigate through a world that insists that non-spiritual things are to be worshipped, to be bowed down to, to be idolized. And on top of that, Pontius Pilate held all the power to determine if a person could live or was to be executed. So Pilate is the one who made the decision to execute Jesus. And the exchange that Pilate and Jesus has, what they have, it's, it's almost comical, right? If we look back at that passage. So Pilate is trying to figure out, is Jesus a threat? Now, any indication that Jesus was viewed as a threat to the king, anything, anything that would be uh, a threat to Pontius Pilate, the power of the emperor, the power of the Roman uh, empire, they had to, Pilate had to figure that out. The Romans were to have all the power. They wanted absolutely no competition. And the Romans maintained their power, how? Through their military, through their political establishment, through their technical expertise, by building things like aqueducts and viaducts and roadways. And the Romans also had economic power, which they achieved, how? Through ruthless taxation. Now, Jesus, not about military power, not about political power, not about technical power, not about economic power. Jesus is all about spiritual power, which is easily dismissed, right? Even though it's the most important kind of power for us to cultivate. So Pilate is trying to figure out, he's trying to ascertain Jesus' power. And Pilate is absolutely clueless. Pontius Pilate doesn't understand spiritual concepts. He's not getting what Jesus is referring to. And Pilate asks Jesus, what have you done? 
How does Jesus answer? Well, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the religious authorities. But as it is, my kingdom's not from here. And Pilate, thinking that there's maybe something to this, that there might be a threat to his power, Pilate asks Jesus, so you are a king. Now, Jesus isn't going to get dragged into a debate about power. He tells Pilate, you say that I'm a king. For this I was born, for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate asks Jesus that question, what is truth? The gospel writer John is so concerned with truth. In fact, 25 times in John's gospel, we hear that word truth. Greek word is althea. Chapter 1 of John's Gospel, we hear that Jesus is full of grace and truth. In chapter 4 of John's Gospel, Jesus makes it clear that true worshipers of God are to worship God in spirit and in truth. Chapter 8 of John's Gospel, Jesus tells his followers that they will know the truth. The truth will make them free. Chapter 14 of John's Gospel, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Chapter 16 of John's Gospel, Jesus says, where the spirit when the Spirit of the Lord comes, when the Spirit, excuse me, when the Spirit of truth comes, the Spirit will guide you into all the truth. Last one, chapter 17, John's Gospel. Jesus prays to God that God would sanctify his followers in the truth. And then we have this passage, this exchange about truth. There's a whole lot of truth in John's Gospel. Now, I pick on politicians a lot. I pick on the media a lot. I pick on technology a lot because they are deliciously easy to pick on, okay? And mostly because uh, they do harm, right? Uh, they, they do harm to our hearts and minds. I also want to pick on religion for just a little bit before I talk more about spiritual truth. A lot of what we receive about spirituality and religion is also mediated, right? The church mediates truth. Religious leaders mediate truth. Even the Bible is mediated. The biblical writers were inspired by God, yet the biblical writers are a product of their own context and culture. They have their own agendas. While the Bible is inspired by God, it's also the work of human hands, not to be taken literally, but absolutely to be taken seriously. Okay, so at this point, we may be all asking that question that Pilate's asking. What is truth? What is truth? And for the answer, we just turn to the words of Jesus. What does Jesus say? For this I was born, for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice, Jesus says. Jesus' life and ministry was a testimony to the truth of God's inclusive love. Jesus ate with tax collectors and with sinners. Jesus provided miracles and restored people to life and wholeness. Jesus not only shared a spectacular ministry, he fully expected his followers to share in the ministry. Jesus commissioned his followers in this way. He said this, go, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. This was the job description of Jesus' followers 2,000 years ago. It's also our job description in 2022. The truth is that God needed Jesus. God needs each one of us to do what? To heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead, and to cast out demons. So we're all to be operating on that spiritual level, healing, cleansing, raising, casting out, not by our own power, but relying on God's power. The truth of the world is not death and demonization. The truth of this world and the truth of the eternal world that is to come is healing and hope, freedom and liberation. Jesus testified to the truth of God's inclusive love, and each one of us continues this testimony today, rejoicing in the truth of God's inclusive love and healing, cleansing, raising, casting out. What a glorious calling for each one of us. 
a coworker is diagnosed with cancer, and what may we do? Well, we faithfully pray healing for that coworker. A person in the neighborhood may not have leprosy, but maybe they are HIV positive, and we offer hospitality and friendship to that HIV positive neighbor. I think the world is full of the walking dead right now. So many people who have shut themselves off from truly living. Jesus raised the dead and gulp. Jesus expects his followers to also raise the dead. What does this mean? We are to proclaim the truth of the abundant life. And there are many people in our lives who are unsuccessfully managing demons, and that's because demons cannot be managed, right? They can only be cast out. And so like Jesus, we cast out demons. We tell the demons to come out of a person and stay out. The truth remains today that we are called to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Jesus tells Pilate, Jesus tells each one of us, everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Amid many voices, right? There's many voices out there. Amid those many voices, we listen for the voice of Jesus, the voice of love. We listen also for the voice of Jesus through the biblical text, but we also mostly listen for the voice of Jesus being expressed through others. And when we hear a person expressing love, we're hearing Jesus. When we hear a person expressing words of peace and kindness, we're hearing Jesus. Spiritual truth goes beyond what is right in front of us. It's not just seeing someone's actions, not just hearing their words, but being aware of their heart and concern for their soul and knowing that every person is a precious creation of the Most High God. I think we are all craving spiritual truth right now, right? Girl Scout cookie season is over. Boy, I craved those thin mints for months and months. That season is over, right? So I think, what are we craving right now? We are so craving as a society, as a church, as individual human beings, we are craving spiritual truth right now amidst so many competing messages. We've had enough of the lies and the manipulations and the falsehoods. We're seeking that deep truth that comes with a life in God. We are weary of revenge, and we want to embrace the truth of reconciliation. We are sick of gossip. We want to embrace the truth of non-judgment. We are tired of unforgiveness. We want to embrace the truth of forgiveness. We no longer want to spend time seeking retribution, but instead we want to spend time embracing the truth of grace and mercy. There are opportunities to live in spiritual truth every day to experience liberation rather than captivity. Now, among the many gifts of Jesus to us, Jesus gives us many gifts. Among those many gifts is the gift of truth. That we are saved from all of those messages that we are bombarded with every day. The advertising, the garbage, it's all cleared away so that we might know that we are loved. And we are loved not because of what we do. We are loved not because of what we say. We are loved simply because we exist. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. God created us so that we would love God back and enjoy God and, and, share, and then share God's love with others. Now, just because there may be people who share love conditionally doesn't mean that God's love is conditional. God's love for each of us is blessedly unconditional. Thankfully, God's love is not based on us, right? God's love is forever and is always poured out on us because we have a generous God who will never stop loving us. Or as the Psalms put it, I think this is so lovely, God's steadfast love endures forever. Do you know how many phrases that is in Psalms? My God, how many times that phrase is in Psalms? Again and again, God's steadfast love endures forever.
All of the enticements of this world will fade. All of the entertainments will dwindle. All of the tchotchkes are going to gather dust. We will never be able to catch everything and empires, even empires, do not last forever. And so instead of running after all these things that dissolve, instead of chasing after the latest and the trendiness, the trendiest, there is something else that we may choose, the truth of God's inclusive love. What is truth? That's our question today. What is truth? Truth is the reality that God's love never fades. God's steadfast love endures forever. Truth is the fact that God provides us with the energy to love. There's no test we have to pass. Praise be to God. There are no qualifications we need. There's nothing we do to deserve or earn this loving energy from God. It's always available. We can tap into it at any time. And so let us pray. We thank you, God, for this deep spiritual truth that your steadfast love indeed endures forever. We thank you, God, for your inclusive love that we don't deserve, we don't earn, we don't do anything for it, we don't work for it. You just give it. You love us. You provide us with that loving energy to share with others. You love us just because we exist. You brought us into being. You created us. You couldn't imagine the world without us in it. Thank you, God, that you trust us. Thank you, God, for your truth. It's truly all about your love. And so we open our hearts to receive your love. We open our minds to your love. Help us to share this love. in our families, in our churches, in our neighborhoods, at school, at work, wherever we may be. Help us to share this wonderful, energizing love. There's so much competing for uh, the truth right now, but we know what your truth is, Lord God. Your truth is love, your love that endures forever, your love that uplifts us, encourages us, sustains us, this love that you would have us to share far and wide. We will do so, Lord God. Amen. Hosanna. Hosanna. Hosanna to the King. Hosanna. Greetings. My name is Kimberly Gruen, and I bring you greetings from my home in Nazareth. I give to God through MCCLV because I have seen all the good MCCLV does for the community, and I believe in MCCLV's mission. For example, since the start of the pandemic, MCCLV has donated over $17,000 in food store gift cards to those in need. MCCLV is also in need of donations to cover expenses such as payroll and to cover ministry costs. I am blessed to be in a place in my life that I can give to God through MCCLV regularly and to do so directly through my employer's payroll reduction. Praise God for the opportunity to be generous. You can give your offerings online through MCCLV's website at 
www.mcclv.org. Click on the Donate button and you can give via a credit card, PayPal, Venmo, Apple Pay, or Google Pay. You may also write a check to MCCLV and mail it to the church at 1401 Greenview Drive, Bethlehem, PA 18018. For those who are present in person at the church, the offering basket will be provided by the ushers. God has given us every good thing. Let's return to God a portion of all that God has so graciously given to us. Indeed, that is who you are, a way maker. When it feels like there is no way, when it feels like we have blockages and barriers, we can't figure out how to move forward, you show us the way out of no way, Lord God. You show us the way and we are grateful. We're grateful for this time around your communion table, this time of communion with you and with your people. Amen. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified. Love and serve the Lord. Vaya con Dios. Walk with God. Amen. 